Hey everyone, welcome back. We've got another video lined up for you. Um, today we are at Trussell First. You've seen this uh, setting in many of the videos. We have David Teal, who is the executive uh, pastor here at Trustful First. We have Dr. Stephen Strange. That sounds funny saying Stephen. Because yeah. it's usually Steve. Steve. <laughs> he is our senior pastor here. And my name is Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor here at Trustful First United Methodist Church. So today in this video, we're going to talk about managing disruptions. We're going to talk about boundaries and crisis situations. So David, you want to pray us in? Sure, let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this time that we have to come together around this table to have a faith conversation. We pray that you just can continue to be with us, guide us in our work, uh, help us to continue to see you in all the different avenues of our lives. For your name we pray. Amen. 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 So this one, uh, this video is probably going to hit home with people, whether you're in recovery or not, because we are in a disruption. Absolutely. We are in a community, a world disruption. Mm -hmm. Um so many times we set boundaries to keep disruptions from happening or crises from happening, but now these boundaries are due to a crisis. Mm -hmm. um, disruptions happen in, in business in all different areas, but usually there's something new that comes from it. Mm -hmm. And I can't think, help but think about a volcano when the ground starts to erupt and becomes disrupted and, sh and shifted around. And then as it erupts out in the ocean, we see new islands form and new mm -hmm. life forming and things like that. So we're going to dive in today to uh, talk about scripturally the boundaries and the disruptions and everything that we can relate today to. So a um, couple of points we want to talk about. Jesus practiced uh, disruptions with his disciples he challenged the the religious leaders on a regular basis <laughs> he challenged the norm um what in our daily situation right now that's going on is there a scripture that one of you can probably think of that makes you think of how jesus would would uh handle our situation our disruptions challenging the norm or stepping out of the norm Well, I think when I was looking over and reading through this, I was thinking of several disruptions, but two stories that quickly came to mind were um, the story, and, and they really kind of happen back to back, but what happens is, is that Jesus has been teaching for days, and the disruption that takes place is he, the disciples sense um, that Jesus was such into a way of teaching that he didn't notice that, and he may have noticed, but it, the disciples really noticed that everybody was hungry, and and it, it kind of caused a disruption. And I think we kind of think of that as, you know, um, <laughs> here's all these people, and it all worked simultaneously. But I don't think it worked that way. I think. They went to Jesus and said, hold on, stop for a minute. And there's this pause and there's disruption and everybody's asking, what's going on? And and all of a sudden Jesus says, you go feed them, right? And then, of course, the disruption of finding the food and finally they found it. But think about the disruption of the dis the distribution of the food. So shortly after this miracle, and one of the stories that I, I've always found that was kind of talking about that disruption is, so because Jesus had fed them and because he had 
um, um, healed so many during this time, there was a crowd waiting on him. Mm-hmm. Like they were ready to go. And um, Peter comes to him and goes, look, dude, it's time. Look there, you are the rock star. This is it. This is like you wanted a crowd. Here's your crowd. And Jesus goes, let's move. Mm-hmm. And I think about how that's a lot of times ministry and the disruption of of what happens. I mean, right now we weekly are trying to figure out, especially this week being Holy Week, how do we manage this disruption? Mm-hmm. Right. But then I think finally along this Holy Week, um, what a disruption in the midst of ministry that the crucifixion was. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to talk about the ultimate disruption to the point where the disciples didn't know what to do, so they went back to the to the upper room or to the locked room or wherever you want to talk about it. So that's kind of the scriptures I think about. Maybe David has some other disruption stories. I just kind of think about like all the healings where Jesus and the legal experts get into this butting heads, Pharisees and Sadducees mm-hmm. of, hey, you can't do this. It's not the right day, not the right time. Oh, yeah. and he's like, it doesn't matter. This is important. This person needs right. healing. And so he heals the individuals. But it disrupts that status quo. This is the way we've always done things. This is the way yeah. we've always experienced our faith. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing right now is all of our normal routines are completely mm-hmm. disrupted. Mm-hmm. You know, we we often, and we joked about this at one of the churches I was at. We could even joke about it here because David and I joke about and it's been really different because people are not here. But on any given day, we might see 20 or 30 people come through the doors of the church. Now, some of those are staff. and mm-hmm. some. But our job is constantly kind of a disruption. I've even thought about putting minister of uh, um, uh, disruptions on my name tag <laughs> because that's how a lot of times you feel. But that's kind of what we do. And that's kind of the life Jesus patterned his life mm-hmm. after. I think that's why David could probably tell you, you know, one of the things about being a United Methodist minister and both moving, that's also a huge disruption. Definitely. But it's not just a disruption for just David and I, mm-hmm. but family and yeah. others. Mm-hmm. And So our lives are constantly about, you know, that disruption. But I don't know that you really ever get totally used to it Mm -hmm. you just learn to give it to god i guess is the best way to look at that so So it's almost like right when comfort sets in or or a routine sets in right that disruption's right on the edge Mm -hmm. waiting to waiting to step in and happen and you wonder go ahead ahead. well if you wonder sometimes if that's not intentionality by god to pull us out of that comfort zone like when i get real comfortable somewhere i want to stay and i want to do it but i also get lazy in what i do yeah you know what i mean like it's like i got it so easy i can just keep going in this direction and that's not necessarily healthy because then i i I tend to rely more on myself than i do on god Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And we had actually (sighs) talked about that in the lament video Mm -hmm. um, about the stages of of grief being very careful not to get stuck in them. Right. Get -hmm. stuck there, and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you end up so withdrawn, so deep in depression, Mm -hmm. um, you almost feel like you're drowning. Right. Yeah. And I think think of when, like you said, when when Jesus said, well, let's go, the story when he got in the the boat and told the disciples, let's go to the other side. 
but mm. this is where everybody's at. Right. We need to get away. Um, I've said many times that this time of disruption to me feels like um, almost like the moment of Pentecost where the wind starts whirling. Mm-hmm. Even though we're apart, we're finding new things in common to um, support each other through. Right. And, and that takes vulnerability, and that's hard, mm-hmm. but that takes vulnerability to let somebody into certain avenues of our life. Yeah. So that disruption actually turned out to be a blessing. Because mm-hmm. without that, we would not have let anyone know where we needed our, our support coming from. And I think that's like um, what you kind of have to remind yourself of is where is God at in the chaos in the midst yeah. of all this? Because mm-hmm. God's always there no matter what it looks like. And there's going back thinking through, um, just talking about the disruptions in life, particularly the coronavirus. And um, um, Angela and I, we both are starting to get used to this new normal. Yeah. But we know at some point we'll go back to we're able to actually be around people mm-hmm. and be, uh, be together. And our old routines, they may be different, but they'll be reestablished. Right. So there's still that, we know that new disruptions coming. Mm-hmm. So you constantly have to say, where where do I see God at work and where is God at right now, no matter what's going on in the midst of the storm we're going through? And you find them in different areas in different ways. Would it be fair to say that this could even be um, a pruning process? Definitely. To, to read some of the normals mm. that were actually distractions. Mm. Right. We oh, might yeah. have flourished and and helped a lot of people in our, in our normals, but they actually ended up being distracting from what God was trying to mm-hmm. maneuver us to start doing. Mm-hmm. So this could be a printing process yes. for many. And you were kind of reorienting your, your priorities. What mm-hmm. really matters in life? What really doesn't matter that you were making such a big deal before all this yeah. happened? One of the stories that keeps coming up, and I actually emailed it out to the CR team today, is um, I keep going back to the story in Exodus where it says Moses went up. And we hear about, oh, he went up, got the Ten Commandments, came back. But I keep, everywhere I turn, this keeps resurfacing. Moses was there for 40 days Uh before because God was telling him how to live, how to do these steps, how to teach the people, how to, there was a lot involved. He didn't just like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Take it back. There was a lot, but everywhere I turn, that 40 days, and I keep thinking about, well, we're we're in a 40-day year. We really are because it started in March. Uh Yeah. And I think along that, not only was it 40 days, but you think about, and you, you just brought up something, I think several weeks ago when we were talking about fasting, I actually brought yes. up that story. And not only is, is he in, in the wilderness for 40 days, but this is a 40-day fast from what his norm is, mm-hmm. what he's used to. And I thought about that because we're, we're, we are now having to fast from so many forms yes. of entertainment, from so many sports venues, from things that I think and that, that we love and we hope they return, but had they become so important to us that we also needed to step back and go, is that really what is the most valuable thing in life? Is that really what is is important to us? And I think that's that's been kind of the whole question behind this, you know. So during this, like a almost if you look at it like a springtime cleaning. Mm-hmm. We're going through our spiritual house. Would it be fair to say that uh, we're removing some idols from the shelf that are collecting dust? Mm-hmm. I think absolutely. Yes. I think absolutely. So Jesus practiced the disruption to make new models, and we touched on some of the new routines and things like that. Um, but also it was a recommitment 
to some things. Um, I know in my life, just just this time, uh, getting out, because I have my neighbors, they see you in the yard, they get in the yard, and, and you're almost talking across the street. Mm-hmm. Well, now, that's kind of as close as we can get. Mm-hmm. So, I had a neighbor, she actually shared with me um, one of the sermons that she saw online. And so, we were actually standing there in the street, not literally in the street, but yes, on the street yeah. side, having faith conversations mm-hmm. about different things from the sermon she heard that just her relating it to me brought up, just like we're doing this video. Right. So I think in this time too, it um, it's an open opportunity to reach out to those who might be unable to come to a regular church mm-hmm. service. Oh yeah. And spark up those conversations, ask questions. Because when I use the word elder, I mean someone who is of age, but also a long faith walk. Right. Mm. I love to sit down with them mm-hmm. and just throw out one little question and just wait on the flood of information uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> and the stories and how they live to just come flooding in. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can think of that is one of your favorite stories, maybe uh, as you were younger in your walk, is there any favorite stories that somebody might have shared with you that opened your eyes to the world around you? Mm-hmm. You know, David, I like to throw curveballs every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you sure do. I think um, uh, one of my earlier appointments, um, some great advice uh, one of the older members gave me was, we were going through a rocky time in the church, there was a lot of conflict, and we were talking about it one day, and she said, just remember, we're always in this together. Yeah. And that really stuck, and it always makes you think through, even when you're in conflict with someone else, you're still trying to get to the other side mm-hmm. together. And that really helps whenever there's disruptions in life, when there's uh, things out of control in life. You're sure we're in it together, so you figure out how can we both make it to the other side and we're still better for it, we're healthier, we have what we need, and we're still growing deeper in our faith. So I think that was pretty good advice I received. One that uh, uh, I received from a gentleman right before he passed, just a few months before he passed. He um, he knew I was early in Canada to see the process and all, and, and really just finished that process. And he said, look, just remember the basics. Give them three points. Outside of three points, nobody's going to remember. <laughs> but if you don't understand your three points, just break it down some more. It's fine. Right. You don't have to be perfect. Just yeah. break it on down some more. It'll be okay. <laughs> it will be okay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, I think it's safe to say that there's risk when disruptions happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be careful not to fall for anything that's false mm-hmm. when we're grasping for something, mm-hmm. when we're wanting truth, when we're needing the bare bones of information, um, because I think it is very much our flesh to, if it tickles the ear, we're mm-hmm. going to run with it mm-hmm. yeah. instead of watching it in truth. Definitely. Um, well, and I kind of think like, most people are looking for certainty. They're looking for control. They're looking for things yes. to be the way they want. And sometimes we outpace God. Yeah. Like, I can fix it, God. You just wait and I'll yeah. get it together and just follow my lead. <laughs> and it, sometimes God is just saying, slow down for a minute. Wait on me. We'll get through this, yeah. but it's not going to be the way you want to. And it's not going to be under your control, but it'll be under mine. And that's hard sometimes. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's very yeah. hard. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and that reminds me a little bit of what 
you know, we were talking about 40 days, and I've told this before, and, and you know, um, I know there are people that take the Scripture to the letter, and it's literal, and I got that, but really what 40 meant in the Scripture, anytime you heard 40 meant long-suffering. And so a lot of times we pattern that to say, okay, it was exactly 40 days. Well, maybe, maybe not, mm-hmm. but it, the thing about it is is we, we knew it was going to be, we were going to have to mm-hmm. endure suffering, mm-hmm. but we didn't know exactly what that day was going to be. I think right. of Noah. Um, Noah sends his bird out, right? Yes. And it comes back, and he's like, oh, I'm not done yet. Sends his bird out, I'm not done yet. And finally, it comes back, and you could feel the relief. And I think the problem right now is we would love, and, and I think this causes a lot of problem even in our media, we would love to have a date on it. Right. Yeah. We would. Uh-huh. Um But even as Christians, we live with the um, unknowingness of of when Jesus is coming back. The day and time. You know, and and so we don't know. And yet we love to have a date because a date gives us the the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Like we see the light, but that's the end of it. I think that's kind of one of the hardest things in this whole disruption is, man, we're just in that middle of the 40 days. Yeah. You say that about Noah reminded me of that Facebook meme. Have y'all seen that one? I'll know I can go out of the house when the dove returns with toilet paper. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. No, that would be a good one. That is a good one because I think that that just explains kind of where we're at, yeah. you right. know. And and we want a date. You could see everybody trying to put a date. Yeah. You've got school people saying, "Well, can we return here?" Uh-huh. Um, one of my daughters was talking to me yesterday who still has a lot of friends at the University of Alabama and she said that they've already um, taken their summer classes and they're gonna they're gonna be yeah. online and so that she said has created a lot of fear in her friends are we going back in the fall are we gonna mm-hmm. you know because they look at that you know college is more than just the books they want the it's the community, the right. community and experience mm-hmm. and so you know I think that is it, we want that answer mm-hmm. now but and I believe it was back in the fall. I think it was your Steve. It may have been David's where we we're talking about community. But the end of that is the unity we need mm-hmm. as humans. We desire that connection. Yes. Um, and so that's been, I think for many people, that's been the hardest of this mm-hmm. is not being able to um, sit together in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Just that, that close-knit. Right. Well, I think you were talking about that this morning, Steve, about the fact that you we don't even know when we come back together. Are we going to be able to hug again? Are we going to be right. able to shake hands? Again? Yeah. That human touch. Yeah, I was talking to a guy this morning who came by and just wanted to see. We came by for some stuff, and we were staying at our six-foot distance, and and, and he, he he was the one who actually said, you know, I w- I've been in business my whole life, and I've shook people's hand. Am I going to still be able no. to do that? And mm-hmm. I told David, I said, you know, I never have even thought about what the new norm for what things are. And the fear that gets invoked now mm-hmm. from from what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I still want to be able to hug people's necks and yeah. shake their hands. I mean, and, and, you know, there are different ways of doing it. We talked about the bump. We talked about, you know, different stuff. But, yeah, you're right. And that's so ingrained in Southernism. <laughs> right. Absolutely. The greeting. Absolutely. <laughs> that's how you know a Southerner. Yeah. <laughs> it's the greeting you get. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, in, and in some communities, it's, it, it even goes to the hugging. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like you walk in – there are some communities where I've served that people are running to hug your neck regardless, mm-hmm. you know, and you never thought twice about that. And even if you didn't know them, you're like, oh, okay, thank you. And yeah. you just go, oh, okay. Until they try to kiss you. Yeah, and, and you're like, like, hold on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're 
scare myself. <laughs> Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's video. Um, it's managing disruptions. It's boundaries and uh, crisis situations. So um, remember, as you go forward, definitely verbally keep those connections with people, especially those that are shut in and um, are unable to get out and do things. We definitely need to stay connected as much as we can for the limit or, or how they will allow that to happen. So remember, speak life. Be a blessing. Put your faith feet into action and cause a ripple effect. Before we go, would you like to pray us out? I will. God, we know that our lives are constantly full of disruptions. And uh, we know that even when Jesus was here, everywhere he turned was a disruption. Somebody else wanting his attention. Somebody else wanting a miracle. Somebody else telling him what he really needed to do or how he needed to do it. And God, right now we find ourselves in the midst of the biggest disruption I've ever seen that I've lived through. But God, we know you're still in control. And as we were talking about this, I was thinking about that ascension into heaven. And I know we had not even got to the death and resurrection yet this week, but I was thinking about the ascension and I was thinking about what you said in that. You said, my peace I leave with you. And so where we really need to find our peace, it's not going to be in a calendar. It's not going to be in things getting back to normal. I mean, there will be some peace in that. But the ultimate peace is found in the peace of Jesus Christ, the shalom aspect of life and the shalom aspect of what we live out. Because, God, when we live at peace, no matter what the disruption is, we realize that we're not fighting this battle alone, that you are with us. God, we know you're the God of disruptions because I have disrupted you so many times with my prayers and my pleading to help me. God, we just pray for anybody today that has experienced even greater disruptions and that you'd be with them, abide in them, but abide alongside them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Until next time, everybody, much agape.